Hi everyone, it's Roger and Jeremy here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about The Great Mouse Detective. So this was a movie released way back in the early 80s. And I'm going to be honest, even though I'm British, I have never seen this movie before. Um, It's been one that um, I've been wanting to see for years. I think I even remember seeing it in the video shot when I was a kid, but never pulled the trigger on it. I don't know if it's because it didn't air on TV very often or it just something about Sherlock Holmes just didn't appeal. But it was the first time I watched it. But Jeremy, um, what did you think of The Great Mouse Detective when watching it back again? Uh, yeah, because uh, this was one of my favorites as a kid. I told you, you know, off camera that I wore out my VHS tape because I just loved the story. Um, I really enjoyed it again. Um, says it's kind of a hidden gem because it's in that era where you don't think a lot of Disney animation. Uh, it kind of fell it fell in that first dark age bronze age after walt died but before the renaissance where they're just trying to figure out anything and if i remember right from the uh um the documentary i watched on disney plus the uh was it waking sleeping beauty this was the first movie fully released after michael eisner frank wells and jeffrey katzenberg took over uh right I mean, they released the Black Cauldron, but that work had been started before they got there. So this was the first one that did that, and it yeah. pretty did pretty well. Uh, I it I remember seeing that, and they basically said if this had bombed like the Black Cauldron did, we wouldn't even have the Little Mermaid because things were getting bad for the animation division at the time. So I'm glad it did you know, moderately well, because it, it wasn't a smashing success in the 80s, but it clearly has a cult following that I'm a part of that yeah. I did incredibly well. Yeah, because looking here, um, for me, I think the problem was it was just, um, I don't, there was something about the story where I was just like, I just wasn't that kind of into it. It just was one of those things of like, okay, so we're just kind of running through, okay, he's not, he's not Sherlock Holmes, he's kind of going through it, and he, I don't know. I think I'm um, obviously watching so much stuff with Sherlock in now. You look look at it and go, and well, it's quite a little bit off from what it was. I understand roughly where they were going, but I don't know. It was such a weird little story of what they were doing with this um, movie, and um, obviously with the kid being like kidnapped and all the, and then kind of trying to track it down. But yeah, I I don't know. It was it was a strange one. Again, the thing is, sometimes with these kind of movies, is when I think because it's so trying to be so stereotypical British, it actually probably put me, it would it, sometimes that ends up putting you off because it's going, yeah. well, it's just a load of stereotypes. Um, and therefore that kind of didn't really appear like, well, I don't want to watch a thing where they're just kind of pretending to be in, I don't know. It, there's sometimes with like, especially with obviously um, American views of English stuff, you know, I think some people still think we live like that for the <laughs> And so I don't know if that was maybe a reason why I didn't quite click with it because it just seemed so like stereotypical idea of what um, England is and what, you know, I don't know. It just didn't quite catch my attention. Yeah, I understand that. I grew up in the Southern United States and we have some really bad stereotypes for there and people bring them up all the time and they find out. And I'm just like, you do realize that I don't actually own a pair of cowboy boots. Not all of us ride (laughs) horses everywhere. Um, there are see, worse stereotypes than that that I'm not going to get into. Yeah. See, I'm going to see how it was, the, it was kind of, I know this was the thing for me, like when I traveled around um, America years ago when I was backpacking, it was that kind of weird thing of, I found like 
like Montana and Wyoming to be more of what I would consider to have been like sort of the Southern cowboy kind of thing area, which I hadn't really put two and two together. And like Texas and down South was much less like cowboy than like the North. So that was just, that was, I mean, that was my own, um, it wasn't until I saw it in person of realizing how different that was. Oh yeah. yeah that's Texas, just me as an outsider. Yeah. yeah. Texas is the odd one. Cause it's like multiple countries when you're mm. there. Cause you got the East uh, where it's, you know, very close to the Bayou and does a lot of that stuff. And then the West is a desert uh, cowboy kind of area. And then in the middle, you've got the old oil fields and some of the uh, other stuff with it. So Texas, you could experience four or five different countries and never leave the state. Yeah. I do. I do distinctively remember being, Texas being a very different kind of place than I ever imagined it. And again, like, that's the thing for me of maybe sometimes with like the things that are set in London and stuff. Sometimes it can ring true. Sometimes it's just like, Oh, you, you've really gone for, um, I mean, we've got another episode that we're going to be doing about rescues down under, which kind of falls under that same category. But yeah, that was the one thing I did find with the great master technique. You know, a lot of it's basic stuff that, you know, we've seen dozens of times before, but I wasn't blown away with this movie. I kind of, it's, it's even now, you know, I, I watched it like a few days ago and it's one of those things that going, oh, what? There is like nothing really comes to mind. It's quite a blank. And that's quite, again, because I've not got that nostalgia goggles on for this movie. Yeah. Uh, I think if you watch it as a kid, you'll still love it as an adult. Yeah. If you watch it as an adult, I don't know that it'll ring true for you. Uh, it obviously doesn't for you. Uh, some other people it might, but yeah, uh, you know, it's I, there's nothing inherently wrong with it at all. It's you know, it's a fine way to spend an hour and fifteen minutes. It, you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's short. You know, yeah, it's something I could easily throw on for my kids, and I guarantee you, my oldest will be wrapped with attention. Um, for that's that is the great thing with Disney Plus is it allows um, a little bit of um, you know to try these ones out. Because when you've got to pay money for them, because when you know when I used to spend my fifty pence to get my free Disney or my cheap Disney VHS when I went to the video shop, um, you know you tended to sometimes stick with what you knew rather than what you've you know. And if it wasn't on TV very often or anything like that, then you know if it wasn't maybe pulling in the ratings because that's that was the other thing, you know, quite easily like companies might have been like that one's not pulling in the ratings. We don't show that one as much. Um, yeah, so you go, oh, no, I'll choose something I've already seen before. And yeah. so this one was definitely one. I always remember it being on the shelf. I think I even own it on Blu-ray. That's I went Because it, it recently got released, I think it was it 2015. I think I brought it because, oh, well, I need to have all of them because I haven't seen this one. I think it's still in the cellar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, because looking here... It's typical 80s fair, so... Yeah. It's, um, it's not the... You know the triumph of the Disney Renaissance. We'll see a little bit later with Little mm. Mermaid, but uh, it it it's got its bright spots. But it is, but like I said, it even with the nostalgia glasses, it's not one that I look back and go and qu can quote every line of it uh, like some of the older ones or some you know from you know yeah. I mean uh, that's it. I mean just like when Walt was around to the Renaissance. Yeah, I think that's the thing is we were right in that zone of they were trying to work out what they were doing. I mean, it's quite interesting to see like Vincent Price was the the voice of um, the enemy, um, was it Rat Ratigan, uh, which I thought was I did I did like that I did like that whole aspect. Um, He's got a great villain I, voice. <laughs> yeah, it kind of instantly kicks into it. And I'm just looking here, Fidget being that bat, that sort of bat. Mm. I really I did like here was the one character of like going okay, that one's a little bit 
different, a little bit more funny. And I did like that kind of dopey sidekick to the villain. You know, it doesn't that just you know basically it never does it properly. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's kind of like the, the Igor in Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Like, I mean, I think as a whole. Um, like I say here, it's just see like the the scene was like you know they did start using um, CGI and it was a bit of a first test one. But I did like some of the earlier ones with the CGI where they're testing stuff out, uh-huh. and you know they're testing it, but they're also not really trying to push it too much. Right, you know, they're trying it, but they're still trying to keep it quite traditional because they know it's quite jarring with how it looks. And I think that's the trouble with some of these now. I mean, we you know we all laugh at like Toy Story, but Toy Story has evolved a lot. Yeah. Um, Whereas, were there, you know, this was essentially nearly like 10 years before Toy Story came out. Right. Um, but definitely, because um, I'm just looking here now, um, at the time, it had a budget of about 14 million and it pulled in about 38.7 million and was generally considered to be, um, it was, it was kind of, well, I've just seen here, it was a company with the short clock cleaners, but um, it was, I think it's really, I think where it was on VHS where, it, cause they re-released it multiple times. Right. And you know, it got, it did get some good results at the time. And it's like here, the, the movie only pulled in a 50 million, but, um, and it was an inexpensive success after yeah. the um, underperformance of pre of like things like Americans tale. So it's definitely, yes. Yeah, so the adventures of the great mouse detective was, what they also called it um but no it is it is a really strange little movie and i mean as i've got older i think i've i've started grasping more of an affiliation for sherlock i never really was a big fan of him as a kid but i think obviously the one with um, benedict cumberbatch really kind of caught caught my attention i know this isn't necessarily based on the same character it Uh is is, it's like a really like they live underneath and he takes on the (laughs) it's a children's mouse version of sherlock holmes (laughs) yeah well that's what i was thinking okay well why not it's like it's like that kind of weird thing you go well he lives and he lives in the building with sherlock yeah but he isn't sherlock because it would have like it would have made more sense if it just been sherlock but i suppose they wanted basil so they could um copyright (laughs) yeah i was gonna say because sherlock holmes is in the public domain so yeah. they, they can't really do copyright him. They could do no. but if they put it there. It's like, oh, we're doing the same thing, just different. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of the things. I'm really glad the thing is I will be I, you know, if I I enjoyed watching it back because I think I've been wanting to watch it for so long of like going and this is where I've been like, you know, I enjoy doing these kind of things of going back and watching some of the ones that have some gaps in my Disney knowledge because you know, there are so many over the years and, you know, you get to know certain ones so well, but it's so easy for a movie just to slip through the net. And this was definitely one of them. Um, and I'm really, I am really glad I've seen it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch it again. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I was, to, I'd probably give it like a three out of five. It was very slap dang right in the middle. Nothing wrong with it, but nothing memorable about it either. Yeah, I think I give it probably a four out of five personally, but I think a lot yeah. of that has nostalgia in it from a <laughs> kid. Yeah, because I I think as well of, um, I think especially for me growing up, I had a lot more emphasis on the ones from the seventies, which we would watch a lot more, mm-hmm. and I think that generally seemed to be the seventies and the sixties ones were much more better than the ones from the eighties. And that's true. Yeah, yeah. without I a think, doubt. Yeah, uh, this I think this is probably one of the better ones from the eighties. Mm. Uh, and then of uh, yeah. course you know eighty nine they hit Little Mermaid and everything just kind of took off from there. <laughs> 
Yeah, but we'd love to know. And um, what did you think of Basil the Great Mouse Detective? Love to hear your thoughts in the comments below. Remember, you can go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. You can also help support the channel as well over on Patreon and on YouTube channel members where they get access to these a little bit earlier than everybody else. They also get to vote on future episodes. And if you're at a certain level as well, you can also recommend movies for us to watch. So there we go, guys. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys soon. Laters.